welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. My name's Joel, and uh, I'm married uh, to a beautiful girl called Sarah, and we've got three amazing kids. And uh, she's, she's at home this morning, juggling the kids in three services and doing an amazing job. We had a, a miracle offering Sunday last week. It was a carnival, and, and so she's uh, speaking to that this morning and talking about the, the miracle offering and all the goodness that God has done in our church. And I'd love to tell you how it went, but I'm not allowed to because we haven't told the church yet. And somehow it'll some way get back. And so I won't do that. But we've had an amazing uh, time and it's, uh, we, it's so cool to lead a generous, faithful uh, church. So thanks for the opportunity of having me here. And uh, hey, awesome job. I, I need to kind of move on and I'm sort of lingering in that space. I, it's amazing. I'll get you back in a moment. Okay, in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I was just like getting transported to heaven. I'm trying to like put my feet back on the ground and introduce myself. You know how when the keyboard starts playing, you, you want to do it all kind of holy and <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so I, we're connected with Stephen Beck uh, through C3 and that's awesome. I, C3 is an amazing family that you guys are a part of and some of you will know more about C3 than others and some will just be brand new on this journey. But we belong to a, a, an amazing global family. And so uh, all the pastors around New Zealand connect together regularly. And, and uh, that's how we came into relationship with Stephen Beck. But I actually knew Steve uh, probably maybe 20 years ago. Uh, I knew him as the drummer guy at our church, at our home church in Tauranga. And so he, he used to play drums and we, I knew a bit about him a little bit from a distance. And uh, and then it was years. I hadn't seen you for years and your decades, probably. That's how old we are, Steve. But anyway, and, uh, and then we reconnected again through C3. And so it's really cool. And uh, I want to honour uh, Steve and Bex. They're doing a fantastic job leading this church. You guys have got amazing pastors. And I, I don't say that all the time. If I go to a church where I don't think the pastors are doing so well, we just sort of skip over this part. But, but the, you guys genuinely have amazing pastors and uh, I've never been in a church meeting before that I can remember uh, where the pastor cries during notices so I, I was genuinely uh, moved and it was so, got so intense I had to get up and leave it was just like too much but no not really I had to take a leak uh, but, but anyway um, because you don't want to preach with a full bladder, let me tell you that. I actually did it a couple of weeks ago. We, <laughs> anyway, I've got to get on with this. But we had a, I did the nine o'clock, that was good. And then uh, someone gave me a coffee between services and I drank water all the way through my message. And by the time I got on stage in the 11 o'clock, I was like, oh no, I forgot to go to the toilet beforehand. And I was trying to be all spiritual and preach this amazing message. But the whole time, all I was thinking was how much I needed to get to the, to to the toilet. But Bex, you're, you're awesome. And she's out there now making tea and doing stuff. But uh, to have that heart where you cry and know notices uh, you know it, it, it's like I've got a bit of an echo or something going on here it's a it's an amazing uh, picture of the heart of your pastors for you and for your community and you're incredibly blessed to have them as your leaders and uh, so uh, why don't we honor Stephen Bex let's give them a round of applause <laughs> pastors have a tough job and uh, don't get enough thanks and praise and and uh, all of that deal so today I want to have a look at a passage of Scripture, uh, uh, 1 Samuel 14. 
One day Jonathan said to his armour bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Uh, The title of my message today uh, is Come On, Let's Go. And I I really want to speak something prophetically into C3 Wellington. I may be preaching to you and for your life, and that's important, uh, but I'm preaching into this church, this congregation here in the hut and in the city as well. And I'm preaching uh, to those who are yet to come into this church. I want to lay something into the foundations of this place and, and stir some faith in you as a church this morning. Who's ever made a New Year's resolution before? Put your hand up nice and who's ever kept a New Year's resolution? Well, that's amazing. You're better people than I am, that's for sure. We've got about three and a half months to go of 2018. Is anyone still tracking pretty good with their New Year's resolution for 2018? Wow, that's amazing. I see that hand down the back row. Fantastic. You can be proud of that achievement, I reckon. Uh, One year, a few years back now, I... um, I, my wife's birthday is early in the year and, and I bought her a treadmill for her birthday. <laughs> Just a word of pastoral advice. Don't buy your wife a treadmill for her birthday. Even if she asks for one, don't buy her one, okay? It doesn't go so well. But anyway, I'll live and learn that moment. And uh, she did ask for one and she was incredibly grateful. But I bought her this treadmill. And uh, this treadmill is kind of cool because it had a screen, but you could connect an iPad or whatever to it. And you could use Google Maps and you could literally run around a course uh, using Google Maps Street View images. And so uh, she was out one day and I was playing with the thing and I thought, oh, that'd be cool. I want to run down the Esplanade in Brighton in Adelaide where we used to live. And so I did that and that was cool. I thought this is a bit further than I remember, but that's okay. And so then I thought, oh, why don't I run around Central Park in New York? So I started doing this. And I was like, whoa, this is a big park, okay? And so, and then I sped it up a little bit and I just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere and I was looking at traffic and buildings and things. And, and then I was starting to get really puffed. And so uh, I sped it up a little bit more because I thought I just want to get around the corner, but the corner just, you know how the maps just, just keeps moving further and further away. I was like, and I was sort of determined and then I was getting angry. And then, then I was glancing down probably because I was so puffed, right? And I was like, <gasps> This is a big park, and I was probably using not so appropriate words. But then uh, I glanced down and I saw that the the uh, the treadmill has little side bits down the side. And I was like, hmm. So I put my feet on either side of the treadmill, and it kept running. And I thought, this is awesome. I'm running around Central Park. And so I cranked the thing right up, full noise. And I'm like, now we're moving. And so I'm looking at the things and. By the time my wife came home, she found me sitting on the couch with my feet on the coffee table, watching myself running around Central Park. So my New Year's resolution of uh, getting fit and buying myself, uh, my wife, a treadmill so that I could use it didn't really go so well. But isn't it interesting how we have the best of intentions, but it's when we start to outwork those intentions that the reality really sinks in. And we want to make these changes in a calendar year or a season or whenever it is to get a fresh start. It kind of feels like a new day, doesn't it? But it it may be the change of a, or not a change of a natural season, but the start of a calendar year is almost like this brand new day for us in our life. And seasons roll around the same way. Summer turns to autumn and autumn turns to winter and you know the deal, right? Winter turns to spring and spring turns into summer and all of them, Wellington's still windy, right? Ooh, I had to use a windy joke when I come to Wellington. The plane ride was pretty bumpy coming into, that's for sure. Freaking me out. Anyway, 
So we madly go about changing our lifestyle and our wardrobe when these change of seasons come about. Some people are a lot better than others at this. I know, I know people whose their summer wardrobe is, is uh, stubbies and jandals, right? And then their autumn wardrobe stubbies and jandals. And their winter wardrobe, they might put some socks on, but it's still pretty much stubbies. And... But then there's those other people who are so super organised that they start changing their whole wardrobe around every time a season change. We all know those people, right? They kind of have them in flat packed and in the zip up bag things and then they start unloading. Aren't they so annoying, those people? Like, do you have something better to do with your life? My apologies if you're one of those people. It's amazing, okay? Uh, my life's too chaotic for that kind of carry on. We're just trying to survive with three little kids and get up in the night and all of that kind of deal to change the wardrobe when the season changes. But it's the same way in our life as well, our seasons. God brings them about. God brings seasons about, but it's our job to anticipate the change of season and to be ready and to adapt as best as we possibly can in that season. A few years ago, we had a break from ministry. We'd come back from Australia and we're called to Hamilton and we're fully immersed in ministry life, running a church. And some stuff happened to us that was totally unjustified. And it's one of those kind of blows that knocks the wind out of you as far as ministry goes. And we ended up having some time out of ministry and recovering and recuperating. We thought it would be just a short period of time. It turned into be a couple of years or so. And we were quite happy in life. We, we'd shifted back to Taranga and we'd, we're developing a little lifestyle block and I was running a small business and life was just good. We were having kids and all that kind of stuff. And we were just enjoying life. And, weren't really looking or believing that ministry was coming. And then God spoke to me out of the blue and He said that 2015 is going to be the year you get back into ministry. This freaked me out because I wasn't ready to get back into ministry. And then it took me a few days and I finally got the courage to talk to Sarah about it. And I, I said those words to her and tears welled up in her eyes and she said, I've been waiting for you to come and talk to me because God's been speaking to me for about a week that next year is the year that we need to get back into ministry. And so we, we started on this process. We didn't think we'd be moving back to Hamilton or taking on the church. We're just going to slowly get back into ministry. And we were open to that. We prayed about it, talked about it. Within a week of having that conversation, I had a text message and a phone call and a whole number of miraculous events that led us to pick up our little family from our comfortable life in Taranga and move back to the city that God had called us home to from Australia to take on a church. Amazing change of season in an instant actually, but we had to be ready. What would that, would that season have even changed if we hadn't had that conversation and said, okay, God, 2015, we'll believe that we could be back in ministry. We have to be ready before the season comes. Otherwise we spend half the season whining about it, don't we? Complaining about the new season that we're in or resisting it or learning just how to cope in this season. We all know people who are stuck in a decade or a moment of time they've never quite managed to move on from. You know that uncle that still wears the 70s kind of clothes or that auntie with the big 80s hair or whatever it is. We, we know people who seem to be stuck in a moment of time. I worked for a church in Malaysia for a year and really my whole job could be summed up in helping this church move from a revival that they experienced in the 70s that they'd never moved past. The songs, the style of doing church, everything about this place looked like a 70s revival. And they hadn't learned to move on and embrace what God was doing in a brand new season. That's what I love about C3 is it's always pushing the boundaries and moving further and further, taking new ground. So C3 Wellington, 
There's undoubtedly been seasons in your history, right? In the life of this church. And while this is a new church plant here in this premises, you've taken on a church from the city. So you've moved from a brand new church plant in a space of 12 months or so to a church that does have history and past seasons and experiences, both good and bad, and all the things in between those times. You've inherited a culture and a past from another church and other leaders. This is not a brand new church plant anymore. I feel like I need to say that again. This is not a brand new church plant anymore. You cannot see yourselves as a brand new church plant, a 12-month-old church. You're not a 12-month-old church anymore. You've had different leaders over your history. But I'm here all the way from Hamilton to tell you C3 Wellington, that your season is changing. It is a brand new day for this church. Some of you have gone through the transition of pastors and Stephen Becks have come in and taken on the church. Let me just say again that these guys are the leaders for this new day in this church. They are the ones that God's appointed and called and equipped to build this thing and to see this church become all that's been promised and prophesied that it's going to become. You guys need to get behind these guys and back them and surround them and believe with them for a brand new day for this church. The transition is done and God is positioning you for a new day. The thing with the season in church life is that when the church's season changed, it has impact on all the people that are part of the church as well in your personal world. So you better believe if God is bringing C3 Wellington into a new day and a new season, then that's going to have an impact on your spiritual season as well. This passage that we're looking at is really a prophetic statement that I want to take and place with you as a church. I want to have a look at the story of Jonathan because I believe it can paint a prophetic picture for where you guys are heading as a church. Is that all right? It's kind of got a bit quiet in here all of a sudden. It was okay to start with. Now we're talking about transition and leaders and seasons. And I know that there's been history and all different things all mixed together. But that's the beautiful thing about church, right? Is your family first. And then there's, there's all these different components that come together and some have history and some are brand new. And I, I love the fact that I, the driver this morning was, is four weeks into church here and getting him to talk about C3 and what he sees and what he appreciates about this place is amazing because it's a fresh brand new perspective of church life. So I want to have a look at five things about this new day that you're moving into as a church. Verse one, one day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Now this one statement that Jonathan made, come on, let's go, actually marked the start of a new day for the Israelites. Because they were living in a season of defeat. They were beaten right here. Chapter 13, the previous chapter, talks about them having no weapons even to fight because there was no blacksmiths left. And so they couldn't actually make weapons to fight with. They were living in a bad season. They were under-resourced. You know, they, they, they were outnumbered. They had an army to start with that had 3,000 of the top fighting men in the land, in this army. And right here in this moment, when Jonathan made this, this statement, they were down to 300 people, uh, 600 people. The rest had run away. It's pretty bad, right, when your army runs away. It's not what they were trained to do. 
And those 600 that were left, they weren't ready to fight. You know what those 600 were doing? They were hiding in the caves and they were sitting under the pomegranate tree at Migron. When you're sitting down under a tree in the shade, you are not ready and equipped to fight a battle. They were outnumbered, out-resourced, and they were completely surrounded by the enemy. They were in a season of defeat. They had very little hope. And what was Jonathan's response? Come on, let's go. Verse 6. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether there are many warriors or only a few. See, Jonathan sensed a change in season that was coming to them. He looked with eyes of faith. He was ready for a new day. So they snuck out in the middle of the night and they climbed up down into this valley at Michmash where there's cliffs all the way around them. And the the enemy was up higher ground and they were going to scope it out. Verse 8, All right then, Jonathan told them, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we'll stop and not go up to them. Probably quite smart, right? But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Jonathan took action. In the season of defeat, when no one else was supporting him, he decided to take action and he faced his fear. He had to go with faith because the enemy could see them. As soon as they came down into the valley, all the enemy could see what they were doing. They were blocked and they had to go down to get across. They stepped out in faith to show themselves to the enemy. Number one, this new day will be one of faith opportunities. Faith opportunities. Jonathan said, come on, let's go. And then he went on to say, we will cross over and let them see us. It takes faith to cross over, church. God lives in the scary zone. You want to know where God hangs out. He, li- he hangs out in that faith zone, the scary zone, where it seems crazy and impossible without Him. What have you been believing for in your own life? What have you been hoping for? What have you been dreaming for? It's yours for the taking as you step out in faith in this new day. There are faith opportunities. Verse 11. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, Look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. I love how descriptive the Bible is, right? The guy's like, yeah, this is getting awesome. This is a battle right here. You get the language though. They scrambled up the side of the cliff with just his armor bearer to face the Philistines on his own. And Jonathan defeated the enemy. Number two, this new day is going to be one of victory. Church, listen to me. You might have to scramble up on your hands and your knees to get there. You're going to have to fight for it. But the season that you're coming into as a church is one of victory. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to work for it. It's not just going to come to your hand. But this new season means it's one of victory. Victory in people's lives, victory in your life, victory for the whole life of the church. The enemy that you've been fighting in the old season will be defeated in this new season. The battle that you've been facing in the old season will be won as you step into this brand new season as a church. 
The fear that you've had in this previous season will be beaten in the new season. The sickness that you're battling in the current season will be beaten as you step in to the new one. The financial pressure that you're feeling in life will be squashed as you step into the new season. It may involve walking up the slope on your hands and knees to face it, but the victory is yours. Allow faith to operate. Doesn't matter what your current season looks like, the power of God is not defined by your circumstance. God's power is not restricted to your circumstance. Jesus does not need your circumstance to define who He is, His greatness and His wonder and His splendour. He's Jesus despite what your life looks like right now. Faith pulls our circumstances into the will of God. Come on, let's go. We will cross over and let them see us. Church, it's time that we began to start to cross over. It's a new season and a shift is taking place. This new season will be victorious. Verse 15, suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and the field, including even the outposts and the raiding parties. And just then an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. Crazy carnage happening right here. Amazing things. See, Jonathan's faith and his action ushered in a new season for them. And then God got involved with his faith. Faith moves the hand of God. This new season didn't start with God bringing an earthquake and confusion and all the stuff. And then Jonathan suddenly said, yeah, let's go. No, it took Jonathan to step out in faith, scramble up on his hands and knees with just his armour bearer and start the battle. And then God got involved and started bringing earthquakes and all sorts of crazy things. The new season started with the words, come on, let's go. It'll take all of us as a church operating in faith to begin to see the new season that God has for you. Faith pulls your circumstances into the will of God. Church, don't fight or resist the season that God is moving you into. We all need to be saying, come on, let's go. So then what happened? Well, verse 16, the rest of the army starts seeing what's happening. And they figure out that Jonathan is missing. Uh, Verse 18, then Saul shouted, to Ahijah, bring the ephod here. For this time, Ahijah was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. Now that's just a a tool that they used to find out the will of God in those times. But they had to get the ephod out to find out the will of God. Saul couldn't see that they were standing in a new season, that God was with them, that He was moving. They had to find the ephod to figure out what God was saying. Saul had missed the whole point of the new season. He was still operating out of fear and out of defeat. He was trying to figure out the will of God rather than seeing what God was doing and beginning to take action for it. Verse 19, but then Saul was talking to the priest. The confusion in the Philistine camp grew louder and louder. So Saul said to the priest, never mind, let's just get going. I I love that. Finally, he got the picture, right? Church, listen to me. Don't miss out on the season that God is bringing you into as a church. Don't question it. Or hang on to the old, trying to work out what's the will of God for it. Just jump on board and get involved. Jump on into what God is doing at C3 Wellington. Yeah, things are going to have to change. Change is inevitable. It happens everywhere. Anytime there's progress, there's change. It's just the way it works. Some of you will like some things. Some, some of you will not like some things. That's just the way it goes. But just be determined to celebrate the change and not question it like Saul did. Get ready and stay ready. It's a new day for C3 Wellington. Verse 20. 
Then Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and they found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the, to the Philistine army revolted and joined with Saul, Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim joined the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. I love this, these verses because Jonathan says, come on, let's go to his armour bearer. There's two people win the first battle. Then those who are resting under the pomegranate tree, they decide we better get up and get ready to fight. And so they come in and join the battle. And then those who are hiding, well, I'm spitting, look out, getting excited now. Those who are hiding in the caves join into the battle as well. And those who had, even those who had run away started coming back to get involved in the battle. Then, if that's not enough, those who are on the other side even started joining this army to fight their comrades. They all joined with Jonathan in his words, come on, let's go. That is multiplication. That's multiplication. Number three, the new season is one of multiplication. People want to get involved when God is doing something awesome. When there's momentum around the place, people will join the battle with us. We have to begin to make room for those people and then accept them into this family. You guys have got a great culture here. This family is a good vibe, but you've got to realise there's going to be so many more people coming into church life who don't look the same as you. They don't smell the same as you. Some of them are going to just be an absolute pain in the backside, but you've got to embrace them and love people because they're wanting to join the battle. People want to back something that's winning. They want to get involved in momentum. Verse 23, so the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth Haven. This is so cool because come on, let's go. There was a battle with Jonathan and his armour bearer in one, in one little place, 20 people that they killed. And then it started to rage and it got spread and more and more, even beyond Beth Haven. Who knows what that will look like for you as a church, but I'm here to say you've got to get ready because it's going to start to spread beyond Hutt Valley, beyond Wellington City, wherever it may be, beyond whatever. It's bigger than who you are right now. What are the dreams that you have in your own life that just seem too far away? What are the things that you would love to achieve, but they just seem that little bit out of reach? Expansion and reach and influence. Come on, let's go. Verse 24. Now the men of Israel, this is after the battle, were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath saying, let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening before I have full revenge on my enemies. He was a bit of an idiot at this point in time. <laughs> it wasn't always. but So no one ate anything all day, even though they had found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath that they had taken. But Jonathan had not heard his father's command and he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. After he'd eaten it, he felt refreshed. But one of the men saw him and said, your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed. That's why everyone is weary and faint. My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan exclaimed. He's a bit of a rebel. I command, a command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am now that I've eaten this little honey. If the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among the enemies, think how many more Philistines we could have killed. Jonathan ate the honey. He ate the provision of God that was provided to them in the new season. Saul got it wrong. 
He didn't recognise the change in season. They were standing in victory and the sweetness of the victory they just experienced was available as honey on the ground for them. And yet no one was allowed to taste it. He was living in a season of defeat, the previous season, and Jonathan was walking in a brand new season. Saul still hadn't even realised what was happening yet. Number five, this new season will bring provision. Everything you need to strengthen you will be provided. The resources, the people, the finances. It will be there for you to pick up as easy as that. Bend down and taste it. You just have to recognise the season that you're living in. What do you need? It's C3 Wellington, the people, the resources. It's going to be there for you. People are going to come in. What do you need in your own life right now? What have you been lacking It's time to win a battle and see the spoils of the victory in your world. It's time to bend down and pick up and taste the provision of God in your life. 2019 will be a year where you taste the honey of God. The goodness of God is here for all of us to taste. Start believing for it now, church. You will taste the provision of God. Come on, let's go. Listen to this. What looks like foolishness in one season makes perfect sense in the next. Think of Joseph and his dreams, or Moses in the desert, the burning bush, or Noah building his ark, or Elijah declaring that there's rain even though there's been a drought and no one even knows what rain looks like. See a cloud as small as a man's hand. The thing that you've been believing for is coming to your life. The thing that no one else understands It will make perfect sense in the new season for you. God is turning the page of your story. We just have to let Him do it and be ready for Him to see the next chapter. The rain is coming to your world. It's time to look with eyes of faith. And just like Jonathan declared, come on, let's go. We will cross over and let them see us. The page is turning. The season is changing. Your dreams are becoming reality. The bush is on fire. The rain is coming. The victory is at the top of the cliff. You just have to scramble up on your hands and knees and begin to see it. Come on, let's go. Start climbing. Start crossing over. Start opening your eyes and operating out of faith. Stand up on the inside and see perspective from what God sees. It is a brand new day. The climb might be hard, but the victory is already won. Get out of the shade of the pomegranate tree. Stop hiding in the caves at Migron and get into the battle. Start climbing. Start climbing. It's a new day for C3 Church, Wellington. Now hear me for a moment. If if your season is hard right now in your life, maybe your story hasn't quite gone how you dreamed it should. Let me tell you, church, there is hope. How do I know there's hope? Because Jesus is in your story and He's all the hope that you could ever need. I'm here to tell you that this hard season, it's just a chapter, but there's another one coming. God's turning your page today. Oh, I've had a tough season lately. Steve talked about a little bit and I don't have time to speak about that really today with this message that God put on my heart for your church. But I've been throwing a really tough health challenge, but I know this, no matter how hard a season is, we just have to realise that it's just a chapter. 
There's always another chapter. There's always another page. And God, today I'm telling you prophetically that God is turning some pages this morning. You may have been battling. Life may not look how you dreamed it would at this point in your life. Maybe you've been dealing with some stuff that was done unjustly to you. Maybe you've made some wrong decisions. Maybe there's a few issues going on. Maybe you've got sickness. Maybe maybe there's financial pressure. Maybe there's hurt of relationships. Whatever it is, God can turn your page. It can happen supernaturally. You just have to be ready for the chapter to change, for God to shift your story. There's always another one coming. It's time to stand up on the inside and not look at circumstance, but look with eyes of faith because faith always pulls our circumstances into His will. Come on, let's go. We will cross over. Today in faith, we're gonna cross over as a church into the next chapter. And the power of God is here to bring healing and to set you free. You are not a victim of your circumstances. 